episode 111 of the Night Shift as the London Knights 2023-2024 season continues. Mike Stubbs and Kyle Grimard, your hosts. You can follow us on social media at Stubbs9A with two Bs, at Kyle Grimard, G-R-I-M-A-R-D. The Knights losing for the first time in regulation in 23 games or 24 games, whatever the case was, Mike, on Friday, and then they bounce back immediately with two more wins. Is there a way, Kyle, for an 8-2 loss to be the best 8-2 loss? It sounds weird. It sounds really strange. We're going to hear from London Knights assistant coach Dylan Hunter on what he and the coaching staff saw from the game. But in talking with players, in talking with coaches, nobody seemed to mind this that much because it's hard to keep streak going. And at the same time, it's one of those things that can kind of take away from everything else that you're trying to do because you think, well, we can't lose. We've got this streak that's 23 games long. And then all of a sudden, Sault Ste. Marie puts up eight at Budweiser Gardens. I really think that this was the best 8-2 to two loss. And again, we'll hear more from Dylan Hunter. And after the Knights beat the Windsor Spitfires, they went ding, ding, ding and hit 40 wins again. And we will compare 40 win seasons in the OHL dating back to 2000. It's quite a picture. Plus, we've got a preview Kingston and we've got a preview Ottawa. The Knights are on the road for two games. Kingston is they're on an island in the Eastern Conference. And the Ottawa 67s, I still love the way this team is constructed. I still think they can make some noise this year. And they always have a great crowd on Saturday afternoons. And then we're also going to hear a goaltending update as London Knights goaltending coach Darren McChesney talks with Jim Van Horn about not just Michael Simpson and Owen Wilmore, but Alexi Medvedev and his season, Finn Wilson and his season. So lots to get to. But yeah, why don't we rewind all the way to an 8-2 loss? Because nothing resets you quite like losing 8-2 on home ice. The Knights have six losses at Budweiser Gardens all season long, Kyle. This was one of them. And here, let's begin with Dylan Hunter because he had a really interesting reaction to the game. We didn't mind our game when we watched the tape over again. I know that sounds funny with the score, but, uh, you know, we started off really well. Had a lot of good scoring chances that, you know, they came up big, big saves. Um, you know, again, a couple weird bounces kind of put you behind the eight ball, a couple penalties there. So not as bad as the score sounded. I mean, I, that's why we don't really uh, do too much after the game. You got to watch the tape again to make sure you're right on certain things. And overall, you know, we got our chances, just couldn't get it behind the net. So you have a coaching staff. That's Dylan Hunter of the London Knights that is looking at this game and going, you know what? Wasn't as bad as it would seem. And here's the thing that the London Knights don't do. So there's a lot of things that they do. Here's the thing that they don't do. Immediately after a game, you will not have Dale Hunter or any of the other coaches, Rick Stedman or Dylan Hunter, they will not be going into the dressing room and addressing the team. Because, Kyle, let's think about this. You've just lost... 8-2. to What is the first thing that a coach is going to do? Coach is going to look up at the scoreboard and go, this was terrible. We lost by 6, and the coach is going to go in, and the coach is going to bring that information to the players and make sure that they know. Make sure that they know that that's not acceptable to lose by 6, that things didn't go right. That's natural. Parents of minor hockey players, if you see an 8-2 score, how are you going to react to that? 
What are you going to be thinking? But in this case, they go back in the next day, so the emotions go out of it. That's the, one of the main reasons why you don't see the Knights coaching staff talking with players after a team. The emotions go out of it, and they go back and they make sure that what they saw with their eyes is actually what happened when you can look at it from high above from all the various camera angles. And Dylan Hunter said it. We didn't mind our game. We didn't mind our game. And it's that's a hard message to send after an 8-2 loss because the players aren't going to receive that moments after stepping off of the ice, losing by six. I think, you know, and the coaching staff does a great job at this in London. Mike, you refer to it all the time. The Knights look at this in the big picture of, of things. They don't look at it in a microcosm of day by day, game by game. Very similar. You talk about least fans. And there are times where I get victimized in this situation where you're so focused on that exact moment, on this exact time frame. But take a step back and think there's a lot of season left. There's a lot of season in general. One very minor blip in a 24-game span where the Knights have lost one game in regulation in that whole time does not need to be fixated and honed in on because in the grand scheme of things, even after this game, the Knights were 21-1-2 and (laughs) in their last 24 games. So it makes sense where the coaching staff goes, listen, this wasn't as big of a blowout as everyone is making it think. It was a close game. Sue pulled away a little bit. We still liked the way we played our game. It just wasn't our night. And that happens sometimes at every level of hockey. It's not always going to be your night. It's hard because normally for the London Knights, it is their night. But sometimes it's not going to happen. And that was a 1-1 game that became 4-1 because of three deflections. Michael Simpson reaches for a puck. Puck goes off his stick, up into the net. That's not going to happen every day. Puck goes off a defenseman, skating, and in. And then you have a nice deflection by a Sioux player in front. All of a sudden, it's 4-1. So there were a lot of things to like about what the Knights were doing, even though they gave up eight goals. But big picture, you said it. We talked with Easton Cowan. Here's Easton Cowan's view of the game. I think that was, you know, much as I hate to say it, I think that was good for us. Uh, you know, battle adversity early and, you know, get used to that feeling in the playoffs. You know, it's, it's hard to win every game. You're not going to do it. So I think that win, especially, you know, getting pumped like that in front of our own crowd, I feel like that was good for us. And, uh, you know, the adversity, we got a battle and we bounced back pretty good and we're looking to continue that. And when you take it big picture like that, that's going to allow you to look ahead and say, we're not going to win every game. No team in the OHL goes 68-0. No team in the NHL goes 82-0. You don't even see NFL teams pulling off 16-0 very often. It happened for the New England Patriots. Somehow they didn't win the Super Bowl that year. So big picture. And that, what does that do? If you don't go in as a coaching staff and you know, tear the place up or look at all the negatives from an 8-2 loss, Knights had to play the next day. Keeps their spirits up. What do they do? They go into Owen Sound, very tough place to play. They score early. Ruslan Gazazov gets a goal 33 seconds in. They play very well throughout the game. They pick up a big victory. They come back through a snowstorm, and then they are able to pick up a, a big victory over Windsor on Monday for their 40th win of the season. And... 
all of a sudden, 8-2 feels just like what the team needed. It's crazy, but it's the way that they were able to make it work. It's like any time a team goes through some sort of, uh, you know, any sort of adversity throughout the course of a season. Sometimes you need it at some point. And if a team doesn't go through adversity, all of a sudden it happens later in the season or in playoffs, and you panic because you haven't had to deal with it all year long. This gives the London Knights a chance to go listen. Exactly. This is a... This is the blip. This happens. We know what to do to correct it. We know we're a better team than this. We know we can compete. They make the adjustment. Bang, bang game from Friday to Saturday. They come away with two more wins. And like you mentioned, Mike, 40 wins on the season for the London Knights. And they they shared a, a still of the amount of times they've won 40 games compared to every other team in the Ontario Hockey League. There is a reason They are the gold standard. There is a reason that everybody talks about how do the Knights continuously get away with this? How are they always so good? Is it the coaches? Is it the players? Do they do this and that? It's just the way that things have been instilled here for so long. They're 16th 40-win season in franchise history. And then you put it into perspective with the rest of the OHL. And that still was really neat, and it kind of had the Star Wars-type banner (laughs) rolling under. You want us to go back a little further? Because we can do that. So the Knights have done it 16 times since 2000. And remember, when Markendale Hunter purchased the team, there hadn't been trades made. They had to fill out their roster with some players who didn't make other teams. So that team was not going to win 40 games. That team made the playoffs unexpectedly, but that team was not going to win 40 games. And then you also have two years wiped out because of the pandemic. So the Knights have done this 16 times in roughly 20 years. That's what we're looking at, 16 times in 20 years. And there's some 50-win seasons in there as well. And if you want to really put it into perspective, that's 80% of their seasons have resulted in at least 40 wins, which that's an A- minus on a test, Mike. That's pretty good. Now that's us on a night's podcast crossing (laughs) off some years. Well, we'll just take that one out and, oh, look, those two will come out. But here's the way you really put it into perspective. Kitchener and Barry are next on the list. So the Knights are at 16. Kitchener and Barry, 9. That's where they are, nine. And then we move on to the Erie Otters, the Ottawa 67s, and the Windsor Spitfires, consistently good teams. Erie has been trying to build since their back-to-back-to-back-to-back 40-win seasons, Uh, so they picked up a lot right away. But the Erie Otters, the Ottawa 67s, and Windsor Spitfires are at seven. And then it goes six, five, four. Owen Sounds had three. Mrs. Saugas had two. Peterborough's had two. And Kingston and Sudbury have had one 40-win season going back to 2000. So that's how hard it is. You usually have three teams maybe a year. Sometimes four teams will hit the 40-win mark depending on what's going on. But to be consistently in that kind of an echelon, three, four, outside chance at five teams hitting 40 in a season, and you're usually one of them? Congratulations. That's wild. Yeah, especially with the turnover in junior hockey, too. There's the odd time. There's dynasties that they're able to do that at higher levels when you're able to sustain a little bit. But with junior hockey and, you know, you're – your time limit as a player is so short. The turnover is so crazy. Just talking about being competitive, let alone 41 seasons and consecutive playoffs, it's, it's, there's a reason we're taking some time to talk about this. It's impressive. And yet, even though we've seen the Knights <laughs> hit 40 wins, here they are in the standings. They have one more game played than Saginaw does. As we record this podcast, Saginaw and Flint are getting set to play. 
But the Saginaw Spirit, who can win their 40th game of the season against Flint, sit four points back of the London Knights. Beat Flint. They will have the same number of games played. And even with the way the Knights have been playing, Saginaw has almost been matching them win for win for win. They are two points back if Saginaw beats Flint in this next game in the battle for first place overall. So you still can't shake the spirit, which means, Kyle, there's a lot of pressure on the Knights to pick up wins in the East when they go and face Kingston and they go and face Ottawa this weekend. Well, and that's exactly it. And Ottawa, of course, a big matchup that a lot of people are going to be watching. Kingston, you know, it's we always talk about this. You never want to look past games. Kingston has been, you know, average throughout their last six, two, three, and one. But, you know, the Knights beat them 8-1 back in October. October was a long time ago. Things change. I know that the Knights, you know, have gone on this run and, and Kingston made some moves earlier as well. But it's that doesn't mean that you look ahead in these circumstances. Kingston, relatively younger-ish team as well. Maybe they come in. There's a lot of hype around them. They find a way. It's, it's a game you don't want to look past and don't want to preview ahead of time because that's where you lose points Mike and Kingston right now is also trying to find ways to get themselves up for games and the Knights coming to town will do it because Kingston's on an island Kingston is probably going to finish in seventh place in the Eastern Conference right now they're eight points out of sixth but they're nine points ahead of eighth and we're talking about teams having 14, 15 games left in the regular season. You're not making up eight points or you're not losing out on nine points the rest of the way. That would be, that would be beating a lot of odds. However, Kingston, with London coming to town, can say, hey, we got the best team in the league coming in. We're going to play. And the other part of Kingston is they've got the best power play in the Eastern Conference. So if you don't come in ready to play, they have ways to take advantage. Now, they do give up a lot of goals. They're 18th in the league in goals against, but they've got players who can hurt you. They've got Jax Dubois, who played for Peterborough last year. They picked him up at the deadline. Paul Lidwinski's been good. Jacob Battaglia has been good in terms of offense. So you need to make sure you're ready against the Kingston Frontenacs, or they can take your plans and turn them around. Well, and it's similar to how we talk about Windsor as well. Windsor, high-scoring team. They do give up some goals, but they can score with you as well. And for the London Knights, you don't want to get sloppy in your own end. You don't want to take penalties. You don't want to give Kingston opportunities to score early because now you're playing from behind and you don't want to give them power play chances like you mentioned. Even though the Knights are the best team at scoring shorthanded, you don't want to take that risk going back and forth. So go in and have that same mentality and game plan you had on the Friday and Monday games this past weekend, and the Knights should be able to come out victorious 25 short-handed goals on the season it, it's nuts it really is and it's getting to what the Barry Colts set a few years ago Easton Cowan's point streak is at 24 games Sam Dickinson is at eight games so those are things to watch going into this weekend but you're right don't get behind on the road and then a really quick turnaround to Ottawa an afternoon game the next day and the Ottawa 67s always have a great crowd for these Saturday games Years ago, they started to build this family-type atmosphere because they're in a city where you are up against the Ottawa Senators and you're always going to be second fiddle in hockey to an NHL team. And so what did they do? Jeff Hunt was the owner at the time, and Jeff Hunt made sure that the players went to schools and they showed that, hey, Senators games can be really expensive, but you can come and see our games. You can see future Ottawa Senators at our games, and they really did an amazing job growing that. 
And that still exists, where you look around on a Saturday afternoon and there are kids absolutely everywhere. And so it tends to be a pretty loud crowd, tends to be a crowd that's into it, and it's a difficult place to play for that reason. And I really still like the way that Ottawa's constructed. They've got Guys who are smallish but very skilled. They picked up Samuel Maye from Peterborough. That was such a great pickup at the deadline. He's a big defenseman from eastern Ontario. He's from a place called Lorneal, and that's east of Ottawa. And he has been a fantastic addition for them. Brady Stonehouse from Blenheim is there. So they've got this great mix of size, grit, skill. Henry Muse is this defenseman who can cause nightmares for you offensively. And they had to trade Max Donoso, an overage goaltender, to Windsor to work some things out to bring in Braden Kressler at the deadline. But they still have really good goaltending and Colin McKenzie, who the Knights will probably see on the Saturday. So I still think Ottawa is going to make some noise this year. Well, they absolutely will. And they were a team who, you know, to an extent, similarly to London, has been a consistently very good team over the last few years. And they're starting to show their examples and processes to how they consistently do that as well. Of course, London is well documented, but Ottawa's done a really good job. You know, I'm dating back three, four, five years. I remember when Michael DiPietro was acquired there and that kind of started that run of Ottawa always being a consistent threat there in the East. And, you know, that's that's no slouch of a game. I know London's done a really good job against Ottawa this year. But similarly, you know, the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds have done a really good job against London. They've had London's number all year long, even though London has seemingly had Ottawa's number. That doesn't mean that it's going to be a guarantee going into the weekend. Ottawa's going to have a good crowd. They're a good team. They can score. They're structured very well, too. This is going to be a good game. Remember, home games for the London Knights are not happening on the next two Fridays either. The Knights have a home game against the Oshawa Generals, which will be on Wednesday, February the 28th. But then they're in Kitchener on Friday, March 1st. So the only home game coming up in the next little bit is the Oshawa game on February the 28th. So check out LondonKnights.com for ticket information because the regular Fridays are going away for a couple of weeks. The Knights are going to be at Slush Puppy place this Friday and then at the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium the next Friday. My son goes to school in Kingston and he said before they made the announcement for Slush Puppy Place that that was going to be the new name, he said there were all these Slush Puppy trucks all over the city and you started thinking, what is going on? I keep seeing Slush Puppy everywhere. And then all of a sudden, the big announcement, it will be Slush Puppy Place. And so the Knights do have some road games coming up, Kingston and Ottawa. But then, Kyla doesn't quite stop there. They will be in Kitchener, in Flint, in Guelph. And then after that Oshawa game, their next home game is against the Sarnia Sting on Friday, March the 8th. So that's when they will come home for quite a few and will be... Four or six at Budweiser Gardens, and then that'll be it for the season. That's the regular season. That's how close we are to the playoffs. little road trip towards the end here, and then mostly at home to finish it off. And the Knights looking like they're in a really good spot right now, trying to contend with staying in first place. Again, these next upcoming games, this road schedule, really going to be a big factor as to where they end up. And if they continue the process that they have had over these last 26 games now, uh, they're looking to be in a pretty good spot. Before we close out, Let's talk some London Knights goaltending. It's been really impressive this year. The tandem of Owen Wilmore and Michael Simpson, tremendous. Michael Simpson right now, number one in goals against average in the league and now tied for number two in save percentage with Ryerson Leanders. 
only behind Carter George. And you look at some of the goalies. Carter George has had to play in 45 games. Jacob Osters played 48 for Oshawa. Braden Gillespie, 42 for Guelph. Jackson Parsons in Kitchener is over 40. Michael Simpson has been able to play in 39 games, so Owen Wilmore has done a great job and being able to help him get some downtime. Kyle, you know it as a goalie. You don't want to play every single game if you're going to go on a long playoff run because eventually the body runs out of energy. You want to say that you can and you will play in every game, but no, you're right. The coaching staff, the medical staff, they do know best. You don't want to be overworked as a goaltender during the regular season because once playoffs start, you know mentally as a goaltender that if you're the guy, you're the guy every day, every single day in practice, every game. And, and, and as Michael Simpson knew last year, he started every single playoff game for that Peterborough Pete's team all the way to an OHL championship and then games in the Memorial Cup. So he knows the grind. He knows how long it is. It's nice every now and then to get a little bit of a break. And like you said, Owen Wilmore has been spectacular in his time with London. Well, our own Jim Van Horn talked goaltending, not just Michael Simpson and Owen Wilmore, but Alexi Medvedev and Finn Wilson as well with London Knights goaltending coach Darren McChesney. Darren, the games are clicking away. Uh, playoffs are approaching. Let's take a barometer of the Knights goal tending situation where do you think uh, the Knights are at yeah I mean I think most Knights were giving our team a chance to win and um, you know I think as a as a team we we play a solid system and, and good defensive hockey and I think our goaltenders know what their job is is each night is that is keep them in it until uh, you know we get our feet underneath us as a team and, and uh, make that save when uh, we're called upon these guys have been around. Uh, obviously, you've got a veteran presence. Does that help you? Oh, for sure. I mean, Michael, yeah, he's, he's got a lot of experience in this league, and uh, he's gone through a lot of situations, and, uh, you know, he knows his game uh, better than anybody. So uh, that definitely that definitely helps, for sure. And Owen, too. Yeah, Owen, you know, he's a, he's a 19-year-old kid, and uh, he's, you know, maybe not been in the, the OHL as long as Michael, but, you know, he's gone through some ups and downs and and uh you know what he went through last year obviously helps him for this year and uh you know we've been pretty happy with him so far alexey medvedev in the system second round pick uh, give us an update on his progress yeah alexey's been uh down in st thomas for for all the year or for better part of the year he's been up with us backing up a few games but um you know he's he's still learning learning the game and you know, he has some good nights, and then there's some learning moments too. So, uh, extremely, extremely hard worker, um, you know, and he's a great kid, and I, I see a bright future for him. What is the most important thing, uh, one, two, three, for a young, very talented young man like that in goal? I think just kind of, you know, staying, uh, staying focused, putting in the work, and, and realizing that it is a process. It's, uh, you know, not not necessarily kind of looking at game to game it's just kind of focused on trying to get better each day and uh simplifying your mindset he's got this uh, great athletic ability you told me about and then uh, so when you're working with that um what do you have to do yeah we just we just kind of have to uh you know harness it the right way and, and instead of you know, use it as a skill instead of trying to a disadvantage of we're overplaying situations and overplaying uh, the net because you can get in trouble, especially when the game gets a lot quicker and you know guys are um, you know pass the puck a lot more and they, they're they're just better better hockey 
uh, a brand better brand of hockey. Yeah. And so he's going to have to be in position all the time. Just stop the four by six. Just keep just, that protected. Yeah, just keep keep uh, keep keep it in front of you, and, and obviously um, don't make it harder for yourself because it is extremely hard position. But we don't want to overplay it. Finn Wilson, any thoughts on his game? Yeah, Finn's Finn's done a great job. He's kind of he went through a, you know a trade mid-year and um you know he's finding his way with his new team but he's you know he's had three or four games and, and they've all been good so um you know yeah he's he's done everything we've asked of him he, he was good in all our camps and um you know that's the reason why we signed him he's started the year great in georgetown and um he's carrying that on with uh with caledonia right now thanks very much for the update Thanks, Jim. Jim Van Horn and Darren McChesney on the London Knights goaltending situation. The Knights, Kyle, ready to head east. We'll recap all of what happens in eastern Ontario on our next podcast and see whether the Knights have hit 41 or 42 wins or whether they're still at 40. We're getting close to the end of the regular season. And right now... Figuring out a playoff matchup, well, you pick any of the names out of a hat. That's the way things can go because in the Western Conference, things are getting right tight together. You've got the Sioux Greyhounds who can still be caught by Kitchener for third. In fact, Kitchener could still catch London or Saginaw. Who knows? They've been hot before. And then you've still got that mix of teams, Guelph, Owen Sound, and Erie, who are separated by four points, who should shake out fifth, sixth, and seventh. But Flint has now joined that, where if you make it five points, Flint is in that mix. And the Sarnia Sting are four points out of a spot, and Flint still has two games in hand. So the Sting have to start some winning pretty soon. We'll watch it all. If uh, if you want to make a bracket, you're probably going to have to change it a couple of times between now and the end of the regular season, but it's always fun to look ahead and just potentially see what and who your matchups could be, but we'll have everything previewed for you. Just one podcast episode this week with the scheduling and everything. We'll be back with two in our regular scheduled programming starting next week, and you can follow along with other episodes of the podcast wherever you get podcasts. I do want to make a note. Uh, one of the mental health coaches for the London Knights, uh, Paulie, reached out to me and he said, Kyle, you're finally, you guys are on Amazon Music now. Hey, Paulie, thank you. Another platform to be a part of. And as always, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get them and us on socials. At Kyle Grimard, G-R-I-M-A-R-D, and at uh, Stubbs980, two Bs. Mike, thanks for this. We'll see you next week.